Go thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, thou shalt hear the word of my mouth and warn them from me. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. Coming to you from an undisclosed location in Middle Tennessee and examining current events from a biblical perspective, this is Bible News Radio with your hosts, Randall and Stacy Harp. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Bible News Radio. Hey, you know what we're going to do today is we are going to talk about an issue that I guarantee you, unless you're really following this stuff, you don't know this stuff is going on. So today what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the push. And this has been a push for a number of years, you guys, for pedophilia, the advocation of it the acceptance of it worldwide in our culture. The people in the mental health industry who think this is a good thing. And we're going to look at a TED Talk that was given by someone who actually works in the field kind of exposing these sexual predators. And yet she's advocating and explaining how this is actually the promotion of a sexual orientation, and we need to be tolerant about it. All right, so, hey, I just want to give a disclaimer. If you are somebody who has little children and you don't want them hearing what we're going to talk about, I'm not going to get explicit in any way. I'm going to lay out the agenda for you, though. Um, You know, you might want to push your kids to the side, tell them go color a book or something, (laughs) you know, but don't have them tune into the show. On the other hand, if you want to get informed, and you want to train your kids up and get them aware of what's going on and show them good and evil and how it's actually being played out today in our culture, come listen. Come listen to the show, okay? Because that's what we're about here. Bible News Radio. We always get this question, what do you guys talk about on this show? Well, we talk about the Bible. We talk about the news. And this is radio, kind of, sort of. <laughs> this is really Bible News live streaming at this point. But... This is something you need to know because people think um, they they don't think it will happen, and it is happening. Okay, just like many decades ago, homosexuality was considered a deviant behavior, and now all over the world, it's been pushed on us. It's been shoved down our throats as normal and natural, and people are born that way. And yet, the research denies that, right? But yet, the media. People with big money, people with corrupt hearts, hardened hearts, they have weaseled their way into your heart. Even in the Christian church, the so-called Christian church, we have this advocated as if it's normal and something God blesses. Is there a parallel, though, between the promotion of homosexuality and the promotion of pedophilia? I would say yes, and I will show I show that to you today as well. So, um, so yeah, I want to thank you guys for joining us. And I want to thank you for sharing this out because you know what, without you guys sharing it out, a lot fewer people will know about it. (sighs) And those of you who pray for people, please thank you for praying (laughs) for this because you know what, this is a hard topic, you guys. I don't, I don't like exposing this topic any more than the next guy. But what I will tell you is that I will do it. As long as I have breath in my body, I will be out there trying to warn people and educate people about what's going on. Because frankly, let's just be real. 
you don't have the time to do the research on this stuff and nor do you are you interested in doing the research on this stuff i'm sure you know like well gee what should i do in my spare time crochet or do research on the minor attracted person movement i mean come on you know it's it's not a fun topic you know to uh to to talk about and yet we have to talk about it we got to be honest about it so let me go ahead and share this out over here um, on facebook i'm gonna take a minute my computer is heavily lagging today. It's like taking like two minutes to flip a page. If all of a sudden, I don't know if it's my internet or or it's just my seven-year-old computer. Like going, eh, it's really getting old here. <laughs> so, and if we have time, also, I do have another topic as well. But we are going to be watching a TED Talk that's 17 minutes long. And then um, also, I want to start by reading um, some information for you uh, from... From a website that I've cited before. I actually wrote a book about this before. I never published it, um, but um, it might be time to kind of uh, revisit what I wrote and then publish it at some point because this isn't anything new. You know, I know how many of you, just out of curiosity in the chat room, put a one if you know anything about this topic, like because you've heard me talk about it. Put a two if you've never heard anything about this topic um, because. This has actually been going on um, for a number of years now. It really has. And um, I actually have some friends that went into um, the particular conference I'm going to tell you about and, uh, and all that. So I'm, gonna, I'm trying to share this out. Like I said, my computer's kind of lagging here. It's taking a minute to, to load everything up here. could just be Facebook. All right. I am going to click this over here. And of course, I want to thank Bareface for producing this. And he's the guy that puts everything up for you so that you can see it. So, got to thank my man. Because without him, I would just be like everybody else on Periscope. <laughs> we wouldn't, we wouldn't, be, you know, we wouldn't be there. Stacy. There it is. Yeah, I know. Here I am, right? The threat to the devil um well yeah i kind of yeah, in some ways um okay i'm again i'm waiting for my page to load so i'll say hi to people on periscope in the meantime while i'm waiting for facebook to 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 load really slow okay all right so i see lou and and john hello john hi lou melanie ramness how are you diane natasha aaron Gina, Mia, and whoever else is there. It says one more viewer. I don't know who you are, but study dance me join. Thank you for coming in. Whoever else is watching over on YouTube, thank you guys for coming in. Um, tends to, it's tend to, um, you know, we tend to get attacked a lot on YouTube um, in the comments section, which is not uncommon, unfortunately. But whatever, it's not going to stop me from talking about this issue because, you know. All right, so here's the deal. <clears throat> Let me set a framework for this, okay? So here's the deal. Way back um, many years ago, um, it used to be that um, when people were being sexually abused by a predator, you know, for, for, for these purposes, that's what I'll call them, um, where did they go? Where could they go to report this? 
right? Maybe the church, if they were lucky, they actually got somebody in the church to hear them and, um, and then report it, right? Maybe, maybe if you're lucky. Uh, that would that was that would be one thing, right? Would you agree if you're being sexually abused? Maybe you could tell the clergy about it, right? Of course, now we know sexual abuse is extremely rampant in the church, both the Catholic and Protestant churches alike, right? Hey, Fraser. So that's one thing. And then, okay, so what if you're being sexually abused, and then you went to therapy, right? Because you would think that it would be safe to go to therapy, right? Because you want to tell your therapist you're being sexually abused. Now, what would you do if you found out that you were being sexually, that you were sexually abused, and you went to a therapist, and that therapist was actually a minor attracted person or a pedophile? Let's just use that terminology for the sake of argument. Because see, the the activists, what they're doing is they're actually renaming pedophilia, the pedophiles, or pedos for short, if you want to call them that, minor attracted persons. They're called MAPS, M-A-P-S, minor attracted persons, okay? Just so you know, just like gay is the new term for homosexuality, where they remove the sex, they don't want you to focus on the sexual behavior that they engage in, so they say gay, and the gay lobby homosexual lobby gets upset if you actually use the term homosexual. I've heard this at conferences myself. All right, so you have the language, and whoever controls the language controls the debate. That is the rule, the rule of function, right? Okay, let's, let's, if you make the rules up, you change the language, you control the debate. So these advocates for pedophilia have changed the term pedophilia to minor attractive persons. Well, a couple of years ago, um, I I talked about this on the show, and many of you don't don't know that because this show's only been on here about three years. But if you go back into my my archives over on Blog Talk Radio, you can actually hear an interview I did with Matt Barber, who's an attorney who actually went into a conference with Dr. Judith Reisman, who's an expert on Kinsey, and she actually unmasked uh, Kinsey, you know Alfred Kinsey who gave the fallacious research that 10% of homosexuals are, you know, 10% of the population is homosexual, right? That was Kinsey. Well, Dr. Judith Reisman uncovered all of the research with Kinsey and kind of exposed him for the fraud that he is or was. He's no longer with us. Um, and actually, the research shows now that between 1% and 3% of the population actually identifies as homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, or transgender, Okay. Well, way back a couple of years ago, probably six or seven years ago, when I had Matt Barber on the show, after him and Judith went to this Before You Act conference, um, the Before You Act website actually stated that 10% of the population now identifies as a pedophile or, quote, a minor attracted person. Okay. Well, I was just looking at their website right before the show to kind of see exactly, you know, if they were still citing this as, you know, a 10% thing, because it comes right out of Kinsey. Um, and actually, they're not now. They've actually changed that number. But I want to read this to you. And Randall, if you want to go to the website, I think I sent you the link. And those of you who are following, you can go and you can look at this website yourself later if you want. It's the letter B, the number four, the letter U, the word act.org, beforeyouact.org. This is a real website 
run by people in the mental health world who are advocating on behalf of, quote, minor attracted persons, okay? And their logic behind it, this is their logic, okay? The logic is that these people who struggle with this don't have anywhere to go. They're living in their tormented minds all by themselves, struggling with depression and anxiety and things like that, that they can't, they have nowhere to turn to because if they knew, you know, if, if they went into like therapy, as an example, to deal with their depression or anxiety, and then the therapist found out that they're actually a pedophile, right, or a minor attracted person, then they would be discriminated against and they wouldn't be able to get the help that they actually need, okay? That's the logic. And that's what this website used to say, okay? That's where I got my info. It was from their, their source material. In case you're new to the show, I always use the source material of the people I talk about, right? Because I don't want to be accused of making this up. This is their material, not mine. This isn't, you know, I'm not part of the vast right-wing conspiracy out there trying to hate pedophiles all over the world and not advocating for people to get mental health care. I want anybody to get mental health care. That that desires it. But I believe the, the, the research suggests highly that generally a minor attracted person, to use their lingo, isn't going to go and get the help for their same-sex attraction or their attractedness to minors. Now, this is the interesting thing about it, though. The guise of all of this is that, well, the struggle is real, right? These people struggle, and maybe they really do. But they're not going to therapy to fix their minor attraction to other people or to children. They may go to therapy to deal with their depression and anxiety. And here's the thing. In the Diagnostic Manual of uh, you know, Mental Disorders, you know, the DSM, they are, it, it's, it's like it used to be that this was a problem. But if that attraction that that person has to the minor doesn't upset them, then it's not a problem for them, right? Does that make sense to you guys? Put a one if that makes sense, because this is really the mind behind the before you act people. The mind behind it is that these strugglers of minor attracted feelings, sexual feelings towards minors, is that they have nowhere to go to talk about it. And we want to open up in the mental health community a place, a safe place for them to go to talk about it. Not talk about their attraction, talk about their depression and their anxiety. Okay, so listen to this. So on this is on the Know the Facts page um, on the website. It says here, it is unknown how many people in the general population are emotionally and sexually attracted to children or pubescent adolescents. Evidence suggests that many, perhaps most adults, may have a limited level of such feelings but they are subordinate to their feelings for for adults. Then it goes on to say, however, some adults are preferentially attracted to underage youth. We refer to these individuals as minor attracted persons or MAPs. Most of those who have been identified are males, and current theories about age-related sexual preference posit that males are more, more likely to be attracted to younger persons than females. Experts estimate 0.5% to 5% um, of all males are preferentially attracted to younger children or adolescents. 
Okay, this they used to cite 10% though on this site. Although there's no solid data to support these figures. If these experts are correct then, between 600,000 and 6 million men in the US are preferentially attracted to children or younger adolescents and between 60,000 and 600,000 adolescent boys are themselves pre preferentially attracted to children or adolescents younger than themselves. And it quotes it gives you more details here, okay? So that goes on to talk about, um, you know, how they basically have romantic feelings, and, but they're not all necessarily sexual. They just want friendship and stuff like this. Then it goes on to say in the next paragraph, no one chooses to be emotionally or sexually attracted to children or adolescents. Okay. See, you see a parallel here with the homosexual agenda as well. Like you don't choose to be gay. That's the line they told us. The cause is unknown. In fact, the development of attraction to adults is not understood. So basically they're saying, hmm, basically the overwhelming majority of the population that's actually sexually attracted to adults, if you're an adult, nobody gets that. How did that come about? Is basically, they're like, we don't get it. <laughs> A large number of theories involving hormonal influences, genetics, evolutionary processes, negative socialization, poor parental relationships, and childhood sexual experiences have been proposed but most have not been tested scientifically. Studies also normally use samples of offenders, making it difficult to generalize results to non-forensic samples or measure correlational rather than causal relationships. The irony in that statement is that Kinsey, what he did was he did all his research on prisoners that were in jail. Go figure. It was good enough for Kinsey to use and promote the lie throughout our culture. But, you know, in this case, no, there is no evidence. We don't know, basically. All right. So then it goes on to say here. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm trying to find it. Because I thought this was super interesting. Yeah, here it is. In, in a couple of paragraphs down, it says, reducing or eliminating attraction to children or adolescents is often attempted through reconditioning methods such as aversion therapy and masturbatory satiation, which basically means you, you know, you don't do that. You stop that. Developed in the 1930s to eliminate homosexuality. The goal is to associate sexual attraction with boredom, revulsion, fear, shame, or physical pain. Sex drive reducing drugs may also be administered. Okay. Studies of the effectiveness of reconditioning methods to change feelings of attraction suffer from serious methodological flaws and have led to inconsistent results. The few well-constructed studies have found that they are no more effective with pedophilia or, I'm not sure how to say that, hebophilia than with homosexuality. Um, and though some methods have affected arousal patterns, they do not alter underlying sexual desires. While they have been discredited and are now considered unethical and inhumane by mainstream mental health practitioners when used on homosexuals, many still consider them acceptable when used on adults and adolescents who are attracted to children and pubescent adolescents. Now, think about that, okay? There is a huge push, and, and we've seen it, we've talked about it on our show, to basically ban any type of, quote, therapy for anybody who struggles with homosexuality, right? Same-sex attraction. They actually want change, 
right? Now, this is a horrible, rotten thing. We can't give you any change because there's no help whatsoever. You're hopeless, hopeless, hopeless. And especially if you're a minor, you cannot get help whatsoever because that would just, that would be not good. Now, think about it. Just first, look at how crafty the devil is here, okay? So he cleverly, and I say the devil, you know, the, the workings of the, how the devil uses people. He gets into the American Psychological Association way back in 1973, convinces the leadership there, convinces the, the people at the top to remove the di diagnosis of homosexuality from the DSM. Not based on actual evidence or research about it, but based solely on politics. Fast forward to 2019, you, you now have people advocating that kids, people who want help with their same-sex attraction can't get it. And it's based on all these lies you'll read about. Um, basically, well, the APA said that this isn't a mental disorder, right? This isn't the case. There's no hope whatsoever. In fact, if you're a parent of a homosexual child, you have to accept them the way that they are, okay? You just have to. Either that or they're dead because they're, they're going to commit suicide because you're so oppressive and uh, old-fashioned and archaic and stuff, okay? Okay, so look at how they did it with homosexuality. Pedophilia, now they're saying, well, you know, look, these practices with homosexuals, you know, that's considered bunk. Basically, it doesn't work. You know, there's no hope. It's bad therapy, essentially, so why would we want to use that on pedophilia? We should just let these people stay the way that they are. After all, who's, who's it hurting? You know, these pedophiles have no problem with their minor attractions to children and or their desire to have sex with them. They have no problem whatsoever. And you know what? There's no treatment really. All we know is that 0.5% to up to 5% of the population, you know, struggle with it. They might be born that way. We're not really sure. Do you see how sly that is, you guys? Do you? Because that's exactly what they're doing. And what they're actually putting over all of this is this empathetic veneer for a person who sexually abuses and is sexually attracted to children, right? Let's have compassion for the perpetrator. Let's have empathy for them. After all, there really is no help and we can't help them, but we do want to help them with their depression and anxiety if they so desire to get therapy, which is highly unlikely, by the way. Highly unlikely. So <clears throat> what I'm going to tell you is that you can go read the Before You Act website. You can go read it yourself. But what you need to know is they have updated it. They have changed it. But here's the amazing thing right now. If you were to go over to this site and you guys can, can go to it right now, it actually says on the front page, compassionate approaches for supporting minor attracted people. Their conference is April 13th, 2019. And then it says, um, page flips, see our new guidelines for therapy for minor attracted people and information about the development of our, um, of our list of therapists who subscribe to our guidelines. Uh, and then it goes on to say, if someone close to you is attracted to younger children or adolescents, you need to talk about it. Click to find, okay, the page went too fast. <laughs> Click to find out more about our online support group for family and friends of MAPS. Does this sound familiar to anybody? I mean, think about it. 
parents and friends of lesbians and gays, you know, PFLAG, right? You need support, don't you? Because your homosexual or lesbian daughter, you know, they can't talk about it. So you got the parents and friends of lesbians and gays. Why not have parents and friends of MAPS? I mean, come on, people. Do you see this? I mean, it's pretty clear. It's the same playbook. Be part of the groundbreaking conversations, challenging but rewarding. Whether it's at a workshop for practitioners in a college or university class through research collaboration or simply during uh, free speech, I think it's, it's, I can't, it went, it went too fast. But anyway, you know, we need, we need to support this. We need to, I'm going to see here through simply during face-to-face conversation. That's what it is. We'll get to know each other as people and work together toward accessible, ethical, and therapeutic care for minor attracted people. Okay. Now, here's the amazing thing about this. Okay. And what I don't want you to hear is this. First of all, what I don't want you to hear is I hate people. Okay. (laughs) I don't hate people. I actually love people. And I think that somebody who is a minor attracted person who actually wants to get help for that should be able to get help. But that's not what this is about, you guys. That is not what this is about. This is about actually accepting them and embracing that terminology as a brand new sexual orientation, just like homosexuality was years ago. And I remember telling my friend, who's a therapist, just like me, you know, I, I told her, I said, because she, she, she advocates for homosexuality. She, she thinks it's okay. And I said, well, well, then how come 50 years ago it wasn't okay? I mean, what about pedophilia? Do you think that's okay? She said, no, I don't think that's okay. I go, are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure they're going to try to normalize it. No, they won't. I go, yeah, they will. They will try to normalize it. They, they will. And they're doing it exactly the same way. So go back. The lingo. Remember, it used to be homosexuality. Now it's gay. You will get in big trouble if you say the word homosexual around gay activists. Just saying. They don't like it because it focuses on their sex actual, their sexual behavior. You know, the sex acts, sodomy, all that stuff. Minor attracted persons. Wow, that seems so like not as threatening as pedophile. You know, what do pedophiles do, people? They have sex with children. And maybe I'm slightly biased because I was molested by a man who was a pedophile many years ago, you know, and it ruined my life, just so you know, in many ways. It did, actually. And any of you who've better ever been molested or been on the receiving end of, of the evilness of people in that, you know, you can't say that it doesn't ruin your life, but they're doing the exact same thing. They're taking care of the lingo They're banning therapy, and in this case, the guise of the therapy isn't to treat it. It's not to treat it. Hear me. This is not to treat their attraction. What they're advocating is they're advocating to treat their depression and anxiety, which people would refer to as a comorbid disorder, which is part of the problem. Well, you're feeling depressed and anxious because you have unnatural same, you know, attraction to children. You want to have sex with children or just be BFFs with them. Do you see this? This is how twisted this is, you guys. And it's straight out of that playbook. Okay. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you 
that unless the church begins to say something about this and advocate on behalf of what God created for sexuality between one man and one woman, period, this is just going to get more in our faces. You think, and mark my words, if you don't think that there's going to be TV shows advocating minor attractive persons in the future sometime, then you're wrong. You're wrong. I guarantee you, hands down, it's going to happen. They did it with the transgender movement. They've done it. They have flooded us with the homosexuality issue. And they will do it. They will do it with this as well. They'll make the person jovial. They'll make him loving. They'll make him the best thing since sliced bread in order to get your feelings completely jammed with what you believe ethically and spiritually. And they're going to do it. They will do it. They're already doing it. Right? Maybe you just haven't seen it yet, but but they're doing it. It's right here. So consider this an alarm, okay? So the other thing now I want to do is I want to play you a TED Talk. And Randall's got the, the TED Talk. This is about 17 minutes. And what's chilling about this TED Talk, you guys, is that, <clears throat> first of all, there was another TED Talk um, that was that was advocated here. And actually, there's an article titled, and it's too long to read on this show because I don't have that much time. But I will tweet it out. It's titled, The Pedophile Project, Your Seven-Year-Old is Next on the Sexual Revolution's Hit Parade. And it says this, We cannot dismiss the campaign to legalize pedophilia as fringy stuff that will get nowhere. It's real, and it's here, and it's gaining strength. And, it, and it, I'll just, the first paragraph says, Activists for normalizing pedophilia are on the move. Public acceptance of adult sex with children is the next domino poised to fall in identity politics. It's being sustained, among other things, by the rapid sexualization of children in the media and in K-12 uh, education. This article is written by Stella Morabito, and I tell you what, it is packed with information, and she actually cited this uh, this um, TED Talk. It's a TEDx talk by Madeline Van Der Bruggen, um, and I believe she's in the United, the United Kingdom. And the title of her, her TED Talk is called Let's Be Mature About Pedophilia. Oh, let's just be mature about it, okay? Let's, let's just be mature. And I'm just going to read part of this, and then we're going to hear you. We're going to hear her say this because I want you to be aware this idea is out there. Okay, listen to this. The speaker, Madeline Van Der Bruggen, makes the case that pedophilia is simply a sexual orientation that can be neither chosen nor changed. Sound familiar, people? She appeals to us to, quote, stop with the hate. Sound familiar, people? She argues that everybody probably knows someone with a pedophilic interest, and really, they're just like you really most don't talk about it because it's illegal imagine she asks if you're told you can never act on your passion sound familiar she implores us to imagine how lonely that must be okay and then the other thing says here yet yet another ted talk from another young female published the same argument but that talk was taken down by ted at the request of the speaker but it's linked there you can actually go watch it's it's about 13 minutes long so, um, so Randall has this up and ready. Um, I want you to hear, you know, and, and just be aware, this lady works with law enforcement. She actually um, uh, is, is really promoting an empathetic argument for the support of this without any cure, really. So just, just go ahead and watch it and see what you think.
some point last year, this article showed up in newspapers all over the world. The police had taken down this massive child pornography network. It was on the dark net and it had nearly 90,000 members. Lots and lots of illegal material was shared and lots of messages were sent through the network. Every day, every hour, every second. People from all over the world were logging into this network anonymously, which makes it extremely difficult for the police to track them down. Now, some of these people only had the aim of collecting child abuse material online. Others also had the aim of abusing children themselves. Regardless, they all found this deep satisfaction in discussing their deepest fantasies and experiences with regards to child abuse online. Apparently, there's a market for this. Well, this makes me ask the question, how can we keep the world of the Internet safe for our children? How can we reduce and maybe even eliminate the problem of child exploitation online? Well, that's quite a question to ask. As a psychologist, uh, having worked directly with sex offenders previously, and now working for the Dutch National Police Child Exploitation Unit, I can simply tell you this. Unfortunately, we will never be able to eliminate every possible risk out there. However, there are definitely ways of making the world of the Internet a safer place for our children. And the criminal justice system is one solution, but if we want to do more, I need the help of all of you. And in the next 15 minutes or so, I will tell you exactly what we can do and why. But first, let's go back to the basics. At one point, a website was under law enforcement investigation on which 1.3 million images were available. And this is only one website. From experience, I can tell you many, many more websites have been online. So the Internet really is a great thing, but it, it gives us lots of op opportunities, but it does have a downside as well. Because every time that offender presses that send or post button, a victim is re-victimized. Every time that picture is multiplied, re-victimization occurs. It's not really surprising then that all, all law enforcement agencies report massive increases in cases in the last couple of years. Canada is even talking about 233% increase in the last 10 years. So the problem seems to be growing exponentially. And of course, we can partly explain this, this increase in the ease with which images are multiplied and the expansion of the internet. So we're not talking about absolute numbers of growth in offenders and, and victims, but still we're having a problem. Well, this may sound really shocking, but it's not really surprising considering that international research repeatedly portrays that 0.5 up to even 3% of our male population has some form of pedophilic interest. I'm talking about our male population here today because that's what most research is conducted on. I'm not saying that females don't have this difficulty at all, it's just few is known about them. But 0.5 up to 3%. Consider the Netherlands. 
we have 8.5 million men in total. So this percentage equates with 42,500 up to 255,000 men. That's all inhabitants of a medium-sized city in the Netherlands. To make it even more concrete, I was told that there's about 200 of you in the audience today. Well, looking at you, I think there's slightly more females than males, but let's say that there's 80 males of you here today in the audience. We can all do the maths now, can't we? Statistics indicate that there will be one or two of you who are struggling with some form of pedophilic interest. And what this means is that most probably there will be someone in your environment, someone you know, someone like your neighbor, like your colleague, like your football mate, maybe even your husband or son, who is struggling with these sort of feelings. The only thing is, you don't know about it. And here we get to a notion that I really want to emphasize. Because even though these percentages are massive, most of these people know that they have feelings that they should repress. So most of these people don't act out on it. They don't offend. Which is great, isn't it? But the problem is, these people can't talk about their feelings because they know that they will be hated for it. I truly do believe that every person is longing for love at some point in their life. And what if this love that you really wish for will forever be impossible? That must be a really lonely situation to be in. It's like telling me, we know that you love your boyfriend and we don't minimize this love. However, you cannot act out on it ever. And on top of that, you won't be able to talk about it with anyone. So unfortunately, sometimes it does go wrong. Sometimes people do start offending. And I'm not justifying this. On the contrary, I, I work for police. I'm just saying that it's a logical thing to happen. So what do we do with this knowledge? Well, I think there will be many of you telling me now, you know what, let's just ban all these people from society. Let's just lock them all up and let's just leave them somewhere far away from our children. And from an emotional point of view, I can kind of understand what you're saying. I became a, an auntie last year for the first time. My little nephew, he, he just turned one. Absolutely crazy about the little boy. And, and we just got back from a family holiday. And we really enjoyed the sun and the beach. The weather was lovely. And I simply cannot imagine the possibility that my little nephew wouldn't be able to walk around in his swimming wear because some adult would be sexually attracted to him. Yes, from an emotional point of view, I can kind of understand that you want to, would want to eliminate these people from society. However, it doesn't make sense. And that's because we're talking about biology. We're talking about a sexual orientation. Something that we simply cannot change. And on top of that, every day new people are born with the same difficulty. So it's not practical to eliminate these people from society. They haven't done anything wrong. So rather than letting our emotions rule, please let's be mature about this problem. Let's think about clever solutions. 
Because most, more importantly, this pretended solution doesn't take into account the variation between offenders and offenses. What we think about when we hear about sex offenders is what we see portrayed in the media. And the media usually reports about the most extreme cases, the real violent offenders, those people that are portrayed as monsters and less than human. You may have heard about the case of Joseph Fritzl in Austria. He locked up his daughter in a cellar and abused her for years. Maybe you've heard about Robert M. in the Netherlands. He abused 83 children within the ages of zero and four in a daycare facility where he was working. I think most countries know a notorious case like that, and these are the type of cases that all our popular TV series are based on. And I can kind of understand that you would want to eliminate these type of people from society. But the problem is, this distorts our view of the factual situation. Because in fact, sex offenders aren't all those violent, gruesome men waiting in the bushes for children they can attack. On the contrary, research portrays that the great, great majority of children that are abused, I'm talking 70, 80, maybe even 90%, They're abused by someone they know, someone close to them, someone from their neighborhood, their family, or their sports club. And now I hear you think, yeah, but you know what? Whoever the offender, and whatever seriousness the crime, they should still all be punished for it. Yes. But what if this time the offender is your neighbor, your colleague, Your football mate? What if this time the offender is your husband or son? What if this time the police shows up at your doorstep? I hear you think now, well, yeah, but I know my family, I know my friends, and it wouldn't happen, not in my backyard, not in my family. And this is because we tend to think in stigmas. We tend to think that people who would do this, they're either really pathetic, lonely men spending 24-7 on the internet waiting for children they can groom. Or they must be really psychopathic men, really violent, with no conscience whatsoever. I can tell you from experience, this stigma is simply not correct. In my career, I've seen sex offenders with a lot of life potential. Social, charismatic men, men with no psychological disorders whatsoever, men with jobs, with wives, men you wouldn't ever believe to get in trouble with the police at all. Men like your football mate, like your neighbor, men like your colleague or your husband or your son. Where I'm heading at is, we shouldn't think about this problem only from a criminal justice perspective. Yes, definitely, law enforcement is a great solution, repression is a great solution, but it isn't always the right one. Of course, when someone has committed a lot of offenses and doesn't ever intend to stop, we should punish them. But the criminal justice system has always meant to have been a last resort, and we should keep it that way. Think about this 18-year-old 
who took a nude picture of his 15-year-old girlfriend and then shares it with a friend who sends it to the whole school? Yes, definitely, we should have a proper conversation with them. But should they really learn the hard way? Should they have a criminal record for the rest of their lives? What about this 20-year-old? Silently been struggling for a couple of years now with pedophilic feelings and who is now thinking about approaching children online. Don't you think that someone like that would be better off if we were willing to speak to him? If we were willing to help? If we would want to listen and help him towards treatment? Consider this example. A couple of years ago, I was speaking at a conference after which I got approached by a lady, and she had a five-year-old daughter who just received love letter and flowers from a guy who was living in their area. Well, what this lady already did was she went over to the guy's house. He was in his mid or late 30s. She spoke to him, and it turned out that indeed he was really in love with the little girl, and he couldn't hide it no longer. She spoke to him, she had a really good conversation, and she convinced him to find psychological help. And what she asked me was, shouldn't I be concerned now? I'm really worried now to let my child play on the street. Well, I can completely understand, definitely. But what I told her was, at least now you know where the dangers are. And now you can manage this risk. Maybe you've prevented this guy from starting to commit crimes at the first place. Point five, up to three percent. There's many, many, many more people struggling with these feelings. We just don't know where they are. I can assure you that law enforcement is working really, really hard every day to get a grip on this problem. There's a great focus on prioritization and working on the most dangerous offenders, the most extreme cases. And to get back to the newspaper article that I showed you in the beginning, I started with a bit of a negative vibe because I wanted to make you aware of the problem that we're facing. But at the same time, behind the scenes, law enforcement is working really hard. They're professionalizing and working together internationally to really get a grip on the tip of the iceberg of people active on these networks. And I must say, I'm really proud. However, we can do so much more. And in order to do so, I need your help of every single one of you out there. Because law enforcement only is not going to arrest their way out of this problem. And that's because we're talking about a public and a mental health issue, which is a shared responsibility for all of us. So please, let's be open about the problem. Let's acknowledge that this problem exists, and let's make sure that people will find the strength to come forward. The biggest mistake is to say that it won't happen in my area, because that is to deny the problem, because it happens everywhere. We've all seen the hashtag MeToo discussion, haven't we? We never thought that this was such a big issue until people started to step forward. And then the problem portrayed itself in all its varieties. 
So how can we be open about a problem now? How can we break the taboo? Well, first of all, let's stop with hate. Let's stop with negative vibes in the media and let's stop with throwing rocks at offenders' houses because it's not going to take us anywhere. It's never going to solve this problem. But rather, please, let's be rational about this problem. Let's talk about it. Let's be open and let's be a mature society. What if your son would approach you one day and would tell you that he's struggling with pedophilic feelings? Would you beat him up? Or would you want to help? It's only with this openness that people will find the strength to come forward and that people will find the help they need. And I truly do believe that this will bring us one step closer to prevention. However, as for me, if this talk or even my daily job helps to saving only just one child, for me, that's a solution in itself. Thank you very much. All right, I sat through that twice. You guys probably only heard it once. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to hit her. Just so you know, I really do. I just really want to smack her. Don't and hate. Come no, on, don't be a hater. No, I, well, I, I, <laughs> I just watching through watching that the second time, it just, uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Was that mean of me and hateful to say that I want to smack that woman? Here is a woman. Okay, look. I took I took more notes. She kept saying certain things like, I kind of understand. I kind of understand why some people feel this way. Um, she flat out said that this was biology oriented. It was this, that pedophilia was biology that they can't change, that they are, there are pedophiles born daily, and that's a, and, and, and that they quote, haven't done anything wrong. The irony of it all, though, is that this, she said she was a psychologist at the beginning and she works with law enforcement, really. So, <clears throat> am I missing something here? And then she went ahead and framed it. Well, the media looks at the worst, right? They, we, they look at the worst cases. So what about the case of one molestation or one child? Oh, what, that guy isn't a monster? Hello? I, let, let me just take off my therapist hat for a second. Wait, hold on. It's over there. And put on the, the fact that I was abused myself as a child for most of my childhood by one of these people. <clears throat> Does my suffering matter? Hello? I mean, hello? I, I mean, who the heck is advocating on behalf of... Well, well, at the end, she's like, well, if it helps one child, how the hell can that help one child to, you know... You guys realize... <clears throat> excuse my language, just a little irritated, but you do realize that most people who molest children, they molest at least 100 victims, statistics show, before they're actually reported. At least 100. And and that's based on research from years ago before the internet, okay? Now, she actually started this thing talking about how 
Well, on the internet, there's images, and when it's shared and clicked, that person's re-victimized again. Yeah. I mean, she kind of got that part, but it's like, well, who cares? After all, who gives a crap? We need to care more about the feelings of the perpetrator than the victim. So don't miss this. And the reason I'm sharing this is because I don't want you to miss the parallel and the book that they're using. Right? We've been sold this lie that homosexuality is normal, natural, they're born that way, etc., blah, blah, blah. And now they're using the exact same playbook. Do you see it? Do you see it? Okay. Because is she in her her statistics are point five a half a percent uh to uh three percent, but the before you act website says point five to five percent. Okay? Well, who cares? It's just a little dinky part of the population. It's kind of like the argument about Muslims who actually practice Sharia law. Uh, Who cares that it's just a little dinky part of of the Muslim world that wants to blow us up and kill us because we're infidels. Seriously. (laughs) Randall, you you heard this. Let's let's have you, a man, weigh in because you were making a lot of comments during that. Yeah, the whole she builds it, you know, it was it was very expertly done, very very well crafted. First, it's the oh, this is a huge problem, and you know this the site and millions of one point three million images, and you know, and this is the police cracked down and said, "I'm oh, I'm so glad I worked with law enforcement. This is done." But then, you know, with those heightened emotions, she starts building sympathy for the devil. Or just, you know, sympathy for the perpetrators. Uh, Imagine, you know, same playbook. Imagine you're told you can't love who you want to love. Yeah, exactly. This is is your passion, and you're Mm -hmm. told you you just you can't ever act on it. That's it's just forbidden. How lonely that must be. And uh, I mean, if if someone had a love for uh you know burning themselves you know uh, or had you know or had a love you know it really brought them gratification to burn other people or shoot them you know we would say well well that's fine you know we'll just do video games and stuff so you can you know or we'll you know we'll talk about that or you know you know but how lonely it would be you know we don't allow people to shoot other people but if that's the way you find satisfaction, if you were born that way, with a desire to shoot other people, then you know we're telling you you can't do it. That must be really. Like, you're like, come on, Randall. That's just that's just. We're we're not talking about crime. Well, yeah, we are. We are talking about crimes, and we are talking about real harm to other people. Um, sexual exploitation, and I'm glad that you called it abuse in the beginning. It's abuse. It's harmful. It, it has lasting, lasting traumatic effects on a child. You know what? Be, Can, let me just say something. Okay? We're not... Just, we're, just go one, ahead. one thing. Randall is a man who married a woman who was sexually abused as a child. Okay? Randall knows better than anybody what I've gone through because he's had to deal with it. And he didn't sign up for that when he married me. Okay. I mean, he did because he knew about my background, but but when Randall married me, it probably wasn't 
like he had hoped. Yeah. Okay. Because of mm. the trauma. Mm. I'm just being honest, man. I'm keeping yeah. it real. Yeah. You know, Randall has been affected by the abuse I went through because mm. of the crimes that were committed against me. Indeed. And look, you know what? I mean, she started out by, by you know, laying out the problem. But the irony is she talked out of both sides of her mouth. If you really yep. listen to what she said, because on the one hand, she's like, well, there is no hope for the pedophile or the minor attractive person. There's no hope whatsoever. They're born that way. Well, it's because, well, she says there's no hope because our society criminalizes the behavior. <laughs> As they should. Right. And so, and so that... That forces them to not be honest about their feelings because they know it's criminal, and so they have to keep that bottled up inside rather than getting getting help for it. But as we read from the Before You Act, there is no real help. You know the, these you know these no, and they're not these these discredited harmful methods that have been used on other sexual orientations. Yeah, can I read? Let me read part of this article because this is important. In 2013, the APA, quote, erroneously, unquote, referred to pedophilia as a sexual orientation on page 698 of the first printing of the DSM-5. After a public outcry, the APA said it would correct the error in subsequent printings, changing the term sexual orientation to, quote, sexual interest. Their public relations folks also added for good measure that the APA still considers acts of pedophilic disorder to be criminal. There you go. That's all you need to know. So don't, you know, the American Psychological Association is bought and paid for, um, run by flaming liberals who, who frankly don't give a crap. Okay. <laughs> Randall, you want to say anything else? I think we're going to go over a few minutes. Yeah, I don't really know what I can add other right. than other than just that. I mean, we're talking regardless of what the feelings are, what the source and I want people who do have problems to get help, but we're not going to curb criminal behavior <laughs> by coddling the the passions associated with them by, you know, as again, since we're all big on gun control and these evil guns, if people, if someone got their satisfaction and gratification from shooting people with guns, well, that's criminal. We don't want that to happen, but we're not going to deal with that by saying, you know, coddling this this murderous desire um, and saying, well, let's let's just talk about that and and somehow have passion for for the for homicidal ideations and. It, it's we should maintain uh an aversion to homicide and <laughs> i would hope so and, and people that want to you know and not hate people but have be very serious about those intentions we, people arrested for attempted murder whether or not they actually do it and, and rightly so. We look at when murder, you know, the first degree or, you know, it's still, you know, the motives are very important. So let, let's not discount the motives and just isolate, isolate the behavior, the criminal behavior from the motives. We should be just as adamant about the, the crime of abuse of children, sexual abuse of children, as the motives associated with them 
anyway. Well, there's there's a lot of things. I mean, a lot more we could say. But I want to do the show today to show you how they're doing this. And, and, and seriously, get you guys to think about Think about what you're hearing or not hearing, okay? And and do me a favor and share this with some people. Share it with your, you know, if you're on Periscope, go to Facebook and please share this out on your page. You know, if you're on Facebook, if you're on Periscope, go share it. If you're on YouTube, share this out with somebody on Twitter. Let people know that this is what's going on. You know, now here, here's the thing. It's going on. But like I always say at the end of all of our shows, and I'm going to say it, but we're not ending quite yet. <laughs> it's got to thank my sponsor first. But be bold in sharing the truth because that's what it's about. You got to be critical in your thinking instead of being a sheep and, and like eating everything that's being sent to you out there. Look at what's, look at their source material. I had somebody a couple of days ago make a comment. Well, blah, 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 blah. that wasn't quite their comment, but it was more or less what I heard. When they were talking about the, the homosexuality issue, I'm like, here's the book. This is the book. You want to go spend 200 bucks or 80 bucks or whatever it is they're selling it for? You can go buy the book. But I took everything in that book and I put it on slides. I hand typed out everything that they said. And I have eight hours. And I could make it more. But I have eight hours on YouTube of called The Marketing of Homosexuality to America. All you got to do is go watch that eight hours of YouTube videos I did and watch what they're doing with this. And some people believe, and I'm not sure I'm, I'm one of them yet, but I would say, okay, let's just say for sake of argument, minor attracted persons becomes normal, it's sexual orientation, what next? Bestiality? Why not? They were born that way. I mean, heck. Yeah, I mean, give me a break, all right? <laughs> so... So that's the problem. What is the solution? Here's the solution. The solution is found in the Holy Bible, which tomorrow I'm going to share with you guys um, some Christian persecution that's going on all over the world and how Christians are being targeted because they uphold the biblical truth. And yes, we are the arbiters of morality in the world. Yeah, we are because we, we actually believe the Bible has morals and absolutes. And when people actually believe the Bible and actually submit to the authority of the God who wrote it, guess what? Lives change for the good. I've never met an honest believer, a real Christian, whose life got absolutely horrible when they became a Christian. Just hasn't happened. I mean, to be forgiven of all your sin, gosh, that's awesome. To get eternal life in heaven, that's even more awesome. To have a BFF in God, I mean, seriously, you know, it, it's Christ is the answer, you know. And he said in John chapter 14, when he was telling his disciples he was going to go away to prepare a place for them. You know, he's building mansions. And I have four people I know it just and uh, they just met their, you know, they got to see him face to face. Here's the thing. He said, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. I go and I prepare a place for you. Where are you? Where I'm going? You can't come yet, but you will eventually, basically, is what he said. Okay. And then he said, in response to Thomas, as we refer to him as doubting Thomas, but he was an honest guy, Thomas was. He basically said, well, where the heck? You know, well, how are we going to know the way? And then Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to me but through the Father, right? Something like that. By the Father. Through the Father. Through the Father. Me. To the Father. To the through, Father. But through me. But through me. 
I'm 50. What can I say? But anyway, bottom line is Jesus is the way. And Jesus can touch even a pedophile's heart. Okay? And Jesus can change people. I've seen that. Okay? And so there is hope. And I'm just saying, you know, don't think that there is not hope because there is hope. Jesus is that hope. Reading the Bible, submitting your life to Christ, repenting of your sin, turning around, man, saying, you know what? Hey, I agree with you that this is wrong. Help me out here. And really believing that and following who he is will change your life. And, you know, and I can tell you as a survivor of sexual abuse that without Christ, my life was horrible. With Christ, it's great. He changed my life. Has it been easy? No. Has it been worth it? You, Yeah, it has. You know, hey, I get to share the good news every day. And you guys can too, just saying. Um, so don't forget that. Ariel Ministries is our sponsor. And you guys need to support them. If you like our show, go over to ariel.org and save 20%, you know, when you use the coupon code Bible News, okay? Because you can buy a whole bunch of cool stuff over there as well. And I just have to say... Um, that we are very grateful for Ariel because they help underwrite our show. We're also very helpful and grateful for those of you out there who are pillars of the community. If you believe in what we're doing, if you support what we do, you like what we're doing, please give us some money, right? Donate to our show. Uh, and you can do that over there at biblenewsradio.com forward slash give. I'm not a rich woman, <laughs> not monetarily. Uh, I don't do this for the money, but we need it to help pay bills. So if you're here all the time, please donate. Become a pillar of my community. Donate some money. And you can get some of the stuff there um, on our website that we recommend and we have suggested there. Um, the other thing too, uh, I want to let you know is if you're not on my text message list, you can also text me and join that. In fact, that's the best way to get in touch with me. Um, I text out a couple times a day and Randall, he just put that there. Text that term Bible news right there to the to 33222. Okay. And, um, and then you'll get my, my text messages. I, I text, I try to text a, a scripture in the morning, right before I do my morning devotion, my get slugged thing. And then right before the show, sometimes I do contest giveaways, which I, I frequently do. I try to do once a couple of those a month uh, where I give away books, um, or something else, you know, so I try to keep in touch with you. And the cool thing about it is that number one, it's not going to go to your spam. It goes directly to your phone. And number two, you can respond to it and I can hear your thoughts, which I really need to hear sometimes. <laughs> By the way, those of you who do respond, thank you. I'm beginning to get your, your number memorized in my, in my, in my mind. It's like, ah, I know that's Kim's number. Oh, that's Melanie's number. You know, I mean, I, I kind of go, okay. And I'm starting to memorize your phone numbers. Um, also don't forget we are, um, members of Legal Shield, and I offer Legal Shield as a um, opportunity to to protect you, right? And um, I have to tell you, um, you know, it's a great service, twenty four ninety five a month for personal legal plan, um, which protects you on a whole bunch of stuff. In fact, I heard this morning on the Ladies of Justice call that I was on was that um, that one of the ladies who who's in her early twenties, she, she had an employer go after her and threaten her. And she had a, um, she had a plan. Um, she had a plan. She called up her attorney and said, Hey, my, my ex employer who fired me for this is now causing defamation online about me, something like that. 
And can, is there anything that you can do about this? And the attorney law firm said, yes, we'll file a counter lawsuit. And because here's the thing, when you're a Legal Shield member, you start acquiring trial trial hours, you know, if you need them. It's part of your membership, you know. And so it's super cool in the event that you, well, hopefully you don't have to, but in the event that you end up going to trial, you already got that paid for with your membership. Uh, we offer IRS audit assistance. How, who wouldn't want a lawyer to go defend them to the IRS? Just saying, that's part of your membership. Um, if you get a traffic ticket, we help you out with that. And there's so much more. I mean, we Randall and I have used it numerous times with online purchases or problems with, you know, being charged for things. Watch your statements. By the way, be warned, tax season is up. The fraudsters are out there. And that's what they're going to hit next. So watch your tax statements and all that um, because the evildoers are abounding and, and all that. But with a Legal Shield membership, you have that confidence. You have that protection. Uh, Melissa Wilder, who is uh, the top lady at Legal Shield, uh, she actually shared how, get this, okay? At Christmas time, she got a pair of shoes. I guess they didn't fit or something. Long story short, she, she had the receipt, brought them back to the department store. And I guess they were like 107 bucks. The guy that she tried to exchange that, you know, return them for said, well, these are on sale. I'm only going to give you about 78 bucks or 80 bucks for them. And she's like, how is that? You know, here's my receipt. There are 107 bucks, <laughs> you know, and she thought to herself, you know what? Hey, I'm not, I don't have to deal with this. I'm just going to call my, my law provider and see what happens. You know, I mean, get taken care of. And it was taken care of, you know. So I'm just saying, don't think that a law firm or having this membership is just for something like horrible, rotten things that happen to you. It's really, it's really there to help you out and to get your will done. If you don't have your will done, hey, I've had four people I love die this month. I don't know how many of them had wills, but I, I can tell you that you need to get your will done, period. I don't care who you are. If you're single, if you're married, you need to get it done. Get it done, period. And you get it done with your membership. Absolutely. You know, it's absolutely in there. Then the other co-thing is identity theft protection, which is $9.95 a month or $24.95 for a family up to, I think, 12 people now or something like that. It's it's a lot. Eight kids and two parents. Um, so here's the deal. You can go to bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019 right there. You can sign up. If you sign up this month, it will help me towards my trip to Cabo San Lucas. I'm this close, you guys, to winning, to get to earning it, which is really great. Um, I haven't earned it yet, though. But if you sign up this month, it would help. If you want to put it off, you can go ahead and put it off as well. But I don't know why you would want to. Okay? Just saying, because it's a great membership. So bit.ly forward slash LOJ 2019. If you have any questions, just contact me directly, and I will talk to you about it. Um and encourage you to get it. Um, and those of you who have referred other people to me, thank you for doing that. I really appreciate it because, because you're not going to regret the membership. You just won't. Over 80% of the people that sign on the Legal Shield keep it. And you get member perks on top of it. Okay. The member perks, you guys go check your member perks. Because uh, when you use your member perks, it really pays for your, for your membership. Okay. So, all right. That is my push on that. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be talking about Christian persecution. I'm going to show you some video. Um, and, uh, and we'll just continue the discussion, um, you know, <laughs> and all that. So, Randall, you have any, any other things you would like to add? Um, nope. No. no? No. Okay. All right. 
Okay, everybody. So, say it with me. Be bold, people. I mean, if the enemy is going to be bold enough to promote pedophilia, just saying, people. We need to be bold to promote the gospel. Stand up and go with God because he loves you. He really does. We'll see you tomorrow.